Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're going to begin a new series this morning. We're going to talk about making wise choices and and what it takes and why we should do it. Because notice what the writer in Proverbs says. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7, he says, Look, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Don't you wish you had a lot of common sense? Don't you wish the person next to you had more common sense? He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just, protects those who are faithful to him. Then, be integrity, be honest, be faithful. You will understand what is right, just, fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you understanding will keep you safe. Wise choices. We're going to look at this morning the critical choices. Now, in the weeks coming up, we're going to look at how do I go through this process of making choices? What do I need to consider? What do I look at? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what do you do when you've made a bad choice? Anybody here ever made a bad choice? How do you get out of that? What do you do? How do you recover? We're going to look at that. But this morning is the critical choices. I'm going to give you five things. And I've went through a whole list of stuff and I've pared it down and pared it down because I didn't want it to be too big. That are the critical choices in life. These are the ones that if you're going to have a good life, you have to get right. These are the ones that matter. And so, let's go through them. The first one is this. What will be the priority of my life? Every choice that you make in life, you make because of some motivation behind it. I want some pleasure, so I make that choice. I want to have this, so I make this choice. I like this, so this is the choice. Every choice you make has a motivation to it. Now, let me just be very upfront with you. If you don't get this one right, forget the rest. In reality, I want to just say, okay, we got one. You just work on this one. So what's the priority of your life? Now, as a Christian, we should know that, shouldn't we? The priority of life is what do I need to do in order to be more Christ-like? What do I need to please God, correct? That should be the priority of life. Here's how it's spoken of by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. You're not going to be able to seek his kingdom if you don't. And he will give you everything you need. So that means that every decision that I make, every choice I make, is motivated by what will please God what's right according to God's word. Because that kingdom that is mentioned here is the place where God reigns. If God's in control, then he gets to be the boss, right? We don't like to be bossed around, do we? But he gets to be in control. His will is done. I mean, it's the famous prayer, the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done here just like it is in heaven. 
God, I want your will to be done in my life, and therefore every choice that I make, I want it to please you. I want it to be right in your sight. I want you to be the motivating factor of why I make this choice. Not how will it benefit me, not oh, I really want that, not what is everybody else doing, not what seems good, not what feels good, but God what is right. Because do you understand that sometimes, maybe more times than we care to admit, that when I do what God wants me to do, it won't always feel good. It'll be right, but it always won't feel good. And then if I do what God wants me to do, it won't be always the easiest thing to do. That sometimes it'll be the hardest thing to do. And sometimes we don't make that choice because it's so hard. And so the most important choice in life is what's going to be your priority. What is it you want? What motivates you? What is there that you make this choice because of it's what I want, it's what I feel good, I want pleasure, I want to have more money, I want to have this, I want this, I want to please this, or is it God, I want you and your will to be done in my life, and I want every choice, every decision that I make to please you, to honor you, to be the one that is right in your sight. That's my heart. Now, sometimes I will have that heart, and God doesn't make clear to me, and I have to make a choice. I make the choice that I feel like is best with the understanding that, God, if it's not what you want, all you've got to do is tap me on the shoulder, and I'm out. So can we agree that the number one issue in making wise choices is who is going to direct my life? And what's going to be the priority? Because the Bible says you can't serve two masters. Everybody, anybody here notice you can't please everybody? Ever feel like you can't please anybody? Can't even please me. I can't please myself sometimes. But I always want to strive to please God. So that's the priority of life. That's the wise choice that I have to make. If I get that one right, I'll stand a far better chance of getting the rest of them right. If I get this one wrong, my life's going to be a mess. Just the way it works. So what will be, who will be the priority of my life? Second, will I let go of the past Will I come to a place where I understand that the past is gone and I need to let it go? Now, here's the beautiful thing about being a Christian. When you accepted Christ in your life, your past is erased. All the faults are forgiven. You get to start new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, just so you know it's not me. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So that when I accept Christ, suddenly all the stuff, all the junk, everything that has happened to me in my past no longer has to have an influence on my life. 
And there are too many people who are allowing their past to control their present, which in, by default, controls their future. And we make decisions based on, well, I got hurt back there. I'm never going to let that happen to me again. This was unfair. This shouldn't have happened to me. This isn't right. I don't know why I went through that. And you keep putting all your, thing, your thoughts into your past and all the unfairness of it and all the stuff that happened and all the junk that went on, and you're still allowing that into your head today, and it's still influencing your choices. That's not wise. Now, you should learn from your past, but you should not be controlled by it. In fact, if you pay to go to a counselor, you know what you will spend most of your time doing with that counselor? Going back into your past. Well, we want to figure out why you're doing like this. The past may explain why you're acting the way you do, but it doesn't excuse it. Because God tells us his mercies are new every day. And every day I get a brand new start. And the past is over. It's done. I can't go back and undo it. It happened. It's there. But when I became Christ, came a Christian, I became a new person and the old is gone and I get a new life. And I don't have to allow the past to still control me. Let go of the past hurts. The wounds of your past have to be healed. There may be a little scar, but there doesn't still have to be the pain. And so you and I have to understand that God says, look, I'm going to put you into a new place in life. When you come to me, we'll get rid of all the old junk and all the stuff that happened to you, and you no longer have to let it control you. You can now let me, God says, control you. Here's how Paul wrote it in Philippians 3.12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things that I have already reached perfection. I'm glad he said that because I haven't reached perfection and neither have you. Right? Just so you know it. Okay. But I press on, I keep going forward to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. In other words, I want to keep going because as a Christian, I want to keep becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. I want to become more and more like him. I want to, I'm not going to reach perfection. I haven't reached perfection, but I want to keep going for it. And that's what he's saying here. I'm going to press on. I want to possess everything that God has for me. I want to become the person that God wants me to become. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting on the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Not letting the past control me, looking forward to what's up there. That's called faith. Now, you have heard me tell you over and over again, faith is always positive. And so when you and I look at the future, I am positive that God's going to be in control and everything will work out for his good. Okay? Uh, Evidently, I'm the only one. And so Paul says, look, I don't need to keep living. And Paul, you know, he was a murderer. Paul had done some horrible, brutal things. And he says, forgetting that, it's done, it's over. I look forward to what God's going to do up in the days ahead. I've got a life where I've got something to look forward to. 
I press to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I'm going to keep going forward because I want God who's in control to control my life and I want him to help me and take care of me and I'm not going to be a healthy person. I'm not going to make wise choices if I'm always looking at all the problems of my past. Now, all of us have a past and here's what else I know. All of us have some things in our past that have hurt, that are painful, that are unfair. You can't fix them. You can't go back and undo them. The best thing you can do is let them go and no longer have control of your life. But I know people, you know people, who still are making decisions in life because of what happened to them when they were a child. It's over. God's forgiven it. In fact, the Bible tells us God forgets all the past of our life. And we have a brand new life. Yea, God. And so, who's going to be in control of my life? Who's the one that I'm going to try to please more than anyone else? Who's going to be the priority of everything? And will I no longer allow the past control me, but will I allow God to control me? And God says the righteous will live by their faith of what's going to happen positively in the future. Tied closely to that is the third thing is, will I take personal responsibility? Will I be the one who says, I'm at fault. I'm to blame. Because we are a people who tend to blame everybody else for our problems. Well, I wouldn't be like this if so-and-so hadn't done that. I wouldn't act like this if I hadn't been through that. I, I wouldn't be like that if I understood what was going on. It wouldn't, it's not my fault. I'm not to blame. Let me ask you, what is there going on in your life that you're making excuses for? What is there going on in your life right now that you're blaming somebody else for? Because if you keep making excuses and keep blaming others, you're not going to take responsibility for what's going on in you. And you're never going to make good choices. Because after all, it's not your fault. Right? <laughs> I'm Phil, and I'm here to help you today. I know I've been gone, but it's okay. You cannot be, please hear me, you cannot be spiritually mature and emotionally immature. You're going to have to take responsibility. I'm different. I'm this way. It's my fault. I need to fix that. I need to change that. I can change that. In fact, here's how the Bible addresses that. If we claim we have no sin, if we claim we're perfect, if we claim there's nothing wrong with us, if we claim that everything's okay and it's not my fault, if we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we confess, if we admit our sins, our mistakes, our failures to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all of our wickedness, from all of our wrong choices and everything else. But if we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. If you're living in denial, it's not my fault, it's not my problem. You're saying, God, you don't understand. I, I have an excuse for the way that I'm living. Well, the Bible says that one day you're going to stand before God and you will have no excuse. You can make all the excuses you want to in life down here right now. 
They might make you feel better and might give you a reason, well, I can act like this because of. But one day you're going to stand before God and that excuse isn't going to fly with him. And so what are you making excuses for? What is there in your life that you know you need to address? That you know you've been trying to hide? That you've been trying to cover up? And it's hurting you? And you've just kind of said, well, it's just the way I am. What is it that you're avoiding by saying, well, I can't help it? More focused on yourself, blaming others? How are you addressing issues in your walk with God? How are you addressing your anger? Well, you make me mad. (laughs) That's an excuse, isn't it? Okay. How are you addressing your fear and your worry and your anxiety? Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how hard this is. I'm just afraid. I just deal with that. What, what are you, how are you handling that? Why are you excusing that? How are you addressing your impatience? How are you thinking about how you have to be right? Your pride, your ego. Well, I know I'm right. If they would just do this, then everything would be fine. You're making an excuse. Your perversion, the things you're doing that you know God isn't pleased with and yet, well, I can't help myself. Your shame. What is it in your past that you're trying to hide and you hope nobody ever finds out? Your entitlement. We live in an entitlement culture, don't we? You owe me. I deserve this. I have rights, you know. All of those are ways that we think so that we don't have to take responsibility for our choices. Well, I'm not at fault. They're the problem. Well, then you address the 1% that you. Well, what about them? None of your business. You let God deal with them. You deal with you. And we're so busy judging others and criticizing others and looking at faults in them that we cannot see our own or we refuse to see them. We don't want to see them. And if you don't address your personal issues, you will make wrong choices in life which will make life really hard. So I come to that place where, you know, I can't compartmentalize life. I'm not a Christian here on Sunday and Monday. I go to work and I'm just like everybody else. I'm a Christian most of the time, but there's other times when I kind of lean to let my hair down and just relax. Remember our verses we used at the beginning? That's called, it's not called integrity as you're the same all the time. Is your behavior the same here as it is at work? It should be. Is it the same here as it is at home? It should be. So I have to address this. So who's going to guide my life in the choices that I make? What am I going to consider? Who am I going to consider and try to please? I'm not going to try to please me. I can't try to please others. I have to please God. And I'm not going to let the things that have happened in my past still control my life. And I'm going to take responsibility for things. Even if none of it's my fault, I will take responsibility for how I handle it now. 
I won't blame somebody else. I won't make excuses. If you want to make wise choices, you have to get those right. Because if you don't, you're going to make some choices in your life that you're going to regret and you're just going to compound things. Let me move on. Another choice. How will I handle my possessions? And you see, we live in a world that is dominated by what you have. All the ads you see, all the advertisement that you read about, everything goes on. It's about you can have this, you can own this, you can get this. And there's a part of us, I want to have this. And sometimes we make choices based on what I want, not what God wants. And we have to come to that place where we understand, according to Scripture, I am not an owner of anything. I am a steward, a manager of everything. And everything I have is because God has given it to me, not because I've earned it. And I'm responsible with how I'm going to deal with it. Here's how Jesus puts it. He says, look, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Great principle in life. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, if you're untrustworthy with the things the world has, the money, the, the cars, the houses, the possessions, if you're unworthy with those things, who's going to trust you with the real riches of heaven? Who's going to trust you with spiritual wealth? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be faithful with things of your own? If you're not faithful with God things, you're not even trusted with what you have. No one can serve two masters. You'll hate one, love the other, be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It doesn't say it's hard. It says you can't do it. So here's how that plays out. Let me just tell you a simple way. If you refuse to tithe, you are not wise because you don't own it. It's not your money. It's God's. And if you refuse to tithe, you're not trusting God. Well, I don't agree with that. Okay, good. You're making foolish choices. So you and I come to that place where we understand something about possessions. They're not mine. Here's what 1 Corinthians 7.31. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. Don't become attached because when you die, you don't get any of it. First Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, look, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God gives us everything we can to enjoy, not to own. Now, I've got a lot of stuff. I've got so much stuff that I can't even get a car in the garage. And some of you have so much stuff that you've had to rent a place to store your stuff because there's so much stuff. It is not wrong to have stuff. It's wrong when it owns you and you don't 
manage it. It's wrong when you measure life by the accumulation of what you have. There are people who will work more hours so that they can have more and better stuff. And they make that choice and it destroys their family because they're never home. And it destroys them because they spend all their hours trying to just get more. And if you're working for a money, you're working for the wrong person. You and I work to please God and for him to be honored. I work to make a living. No, you don't. You can work all your life and not live. You come to that place where you understand, will I be content with what I have And will I be a good manager of what I have? There was a man who came to Jesus young day. In fact, we're told he was a young man. And we told he was a very good man because he said, Jesus, I want to follow you. What do I need to do? And Jesus said, oh, good, great, great. He says, all you got to do is keep these commandments and be able to go through them. And the young man said, look, I've done all that since my birth. You know, good guy, great guy. Jesus said, great, I want you to come follow me. There's one other thing, though. You, You need to get rid of all your stuff and then come follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. It prevented him from following God. I wonder how many times our stuff has kept us from coming to church. Just a thought. See, so how am I going to handle my possessions? Will I manage them or will they control me while I think I'm in charge? how I handle the resources that God has for me and lets me enjoy will determine a lot about how good my life is. Because you know what? I have personally known people who have had everything money could buy and they're miserable. You can't buy happiness. And if you don't manage that well, And if it owns you, you're not going to make wise choices. Last one. How will I relate to people? Now, I don't need to spend a lot of time here because I just finished weeks talking about this, right? Because life is measured in relationships. Your life is as healthy as your relationships When you die, your relationships are what you leave behind. And in fact, here's the verse, and you've heard it week after week. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You want to prove to people that you're a follower of Christ? You love people. And so you and I are called to be a people who love one another. How do I treat people? Do I show favoritism? I shouldn't. Do I treat the people that treat me nice, I treat them nice, and the people that don't do what I want them to do or think they should do or I don't agree with or don't like, do I treat them differently? I shouldn't. John chapter 15, verse 9, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. How do you know you love God? You obey him. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You see, God came so that you could live a life filled with joy. 
He came so that you, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come to give you life full to the limit, abundant. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So are you willing to forgive people or are you an unforgiving person? If you harbor unforgiveness, you're not going to make wise choices. Do you see people as a risk? Do you do everything you can to avoid them? Are you judgmental? Do you think you're better than them? Do you care about everyone? Are you more concerned about getting your way than in helping others? In your relationships, are you a phony? You feel real good to them and you talk nicely to them, but behind their backs you talk differently. You see, how you handle these things will determine your life. They're the critical choices of life. The priority, who's going to be in charge, who do I want to influence my decisions, my past, am I still going to let the things that have happened to me in my past be in control, or am I going to let God be in control? Am I going to take responsibility for my attitudes and my actions and not blame somebody else and not make excuses for it? Am I going to handle the resources that God entrusts me with in a healthy manner that honors Him to just demonstrate His ownership in my life? And will I treat people in a way that is biblical? You make wise choices in those five areas, you will have a good life. You mess one of those up, life gets hard. Let me show you. I have here a gallon of water. It weighs somewhere, according to bathroom scales, about seven, eight pounds. Although my wife says the scales are heavy, I don't know. Uh, so uh, here I am. How many of you think I can carry this jug with me like this all day today? Never put it down. I can carry it this way. How many of you think that? Oh, man. This is really disheartening. <laughs> you are a little better than the first service, but not much. Okay? So, yeah. And then all day tomorrow? No, no. That's really disheartening. Boy. Okay. This jug has nothing in it. How many of you think I can carry this all day? <laughs> Phonies. Uh, all day tomorrow? Ah, okay. You see, when you make wise choices, you get to carry this around. Pretty easy. Because Jesus says, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. My burdens are not heavy. They're light. So when I make wise decisions, life gets lighter and more enjoyable. But when I don't make wise choices, I end up carrying a lot of weight around. You end up having trouble sleeping. 
You lose sleep because of it. You run from it. You hide from it. You pretend that it's not there. You act like everything's okay. You pretend that you have it all together. But life just keeps getting heavier because you want to do it your way instead of God's way. And for some of you, this thing's filled with lead. And for some of you, you're carrying more than one. So this morning, the question is very simple. When it comes to making wise choices, have the choices that you've been making doing this to your life? You know, you're hiding some things from your past and you're not letting it go. You're not treating people the way you should and you think it's okay. You're not handling possession well. You're not taking responsibility for your actions. You're just making excuses. And God isn't the priority in your life. Life gets heavy. Life gets hard. And the longer you go, the harder it gets. But when you make choices that are right, life just gets lighter. And the older you get, the lighter it gets. It's all your choice, isn't it? God says, I came to give you rest. I came to give you wisdom. I don't want you to carry heavy burdens. Give them to me. For some of you today, you're not a Christian and what you're doing is you're carrying the weight of sin. You think you're handling things okay and you think you've got it all together, but life's heavy. And when you come to Christ, I don't know about you, and I remember the day I accepted Christ in my life, my life felt so much lighter. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to take away the weight. He wants to help you if you'll ask him. For some of you, you're Christians. But you're still carrying and holding on to things from your past. You're still blaming other people for your problems. You're not handling things well. And it's still heavy. So this morning, where are you at with this? The great thing is, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll lighten the load. I'll help you. If you're willing to make the wise choice. So would you bow your heads? Would you take a moment just between you and God? Right now, as the Holy Spirit's just kind of speaking to you, would you just kind of say, yeah, I hear you, I know. And would you ask for help? And would you be willing to give it to him? And to start new.
Lord, there are some here today who need to take the first step, and that is to come to you and ask you to forgive them of sin and commit their lives to you and say they want to live for you and not for themselves. And that, God, you will hear that prayer and you will forgive them and they get to begin life brand new. Lord, there's Christians here this morning who life's gotten kind of heavy for maybe all kinds of different reasons. Would you help us each one to make the wise choice? We'd let the past go, not hold on to it. Learn from it, but not let it influence us. That we'd take responsibility for the things in our life and not blame someone or hide it or excuse it. That we'd handle the stuff of this life in a manner that pleases you. And that we would love people and lay down our life for them. Thank you for coming to give us life so that we can live it to the full. Help us to make choices that are wise so that can happen I pray today in thy name amen you get to make that choice several times this week don't you make it well you make it well life goes well you make it wrong life gets heavy it's heavy. Well, there's a communication card that's attached to your bulletin. We ask everybody to tear that off and put it in the offering bucket that comes your way, at least your name, service you're in, age, that would help us. And we want to pray for you Thank this you week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.